Hi, welcome to Gab with Gwen, episode 11, double digits. Gwen is still doing a damn thing. And this time I have a different trifecta, a male trifecta, and a long-awaited guest who's been referred to many a time, and we have him in Chateau Gwen, and he wants to use his government, his actual God-given name, not God-given, parental-given name. So, um, Mr. You know, Mr. ATL, would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Ismael Abdusalam from ATL, Mr. ATL, as Gwen likes to say. Um, I believe Kimmy gave you the name Mr. Reming, so I'll, I'll call you Mr. Yeah, ATL. I'm, I'm not that, no, I'm not <laughs> okay, and you also hear my second male guest, who's back for the second time. Come closer to the mic. Hey everyone, it's Bob. Oh, What's good. going on? Yes, yes, Bob. The the bow Bob is still around. The podcast is all about him, but we I wanted to him to meet Mr. ATL, Mr. Ismael, who I've known for a long time. How long? Long time. Long time. How long have we known each other? This year will be twenty one years. Wild. Wow. Wild. Back to the high school days. Listen, I'm not that old, so I was in high school then. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you are. I don't know what you're talking about. I was, um, I was like still being birthed. I was, my mom was pregnant. No, you gotta claim it. You gotta claim your truth. <laughs> um, in my mind, I was like five. Okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, we met in summer camp. Okay. Free college summer camp. Yeah, we were not. We were still in. We were in high school allegedly. <laughs> um, and we met. That and we've been in touch, you know, off and on since then. Yeah. Long- Stayed in touch, got mutual friends, you know, just always been in that circle in some form or fashion. Yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. And like I said, I wanted uh, Ishmael to come on the podcast because he gives me awesome feedback and yeah. that have, have been definitely conversation starters. And, you know, I was one different perspectives here. So, um, Hello, your boy. Shout out to Miss ATL. Okay. Hey. All right. So, um, and then he's meeting Bob. It's random, but hey, that's what it is. Hey, he's the, listen. Um, this man's a good guy. As uh, I, um, it, it, you know, you had pizza yeah. with him. Yeah. Yeah, I've had pizza with him. Yes, <laughs> and uh, it was pretty good pizza too. Um, no, this, this is a good brother right here. It's okay. a very good brother. He is. Listen, I, I can vouch for him for twenty-one years. Okay. Now, let me add something. Go I'm ahead. very happy to have met Bob because I was kind of worried about you. Oh, come on. Talk about it. Come on. Well, you had a little streak going where it seemed like you weren't giving the brothers a chance anymore. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, first of all, stop. Whoa. Okay, first of all, that's why your volume is low. That's why your volume is low. Okay? Because the computer and the mic said he out here violating. It just seemed like there was a streak. A little streak. A couple dates were it's kind of barren when it came to the brothers. What's going on? What does that mean? Could you elaborate? I mean, it seemed like you might have had a preference for a little while. A preference? Oh, maybe, maybe. boy. Mm-hmm. How is, uh, based on what? Did she have a preference? Well, I remember on the early show, you know, there was a certain European gentleman that just was kind of calling you, cold open, you know, <laughs> on the, at the train. Monster, yeah, yeah, yeah the subway. What's going on? Not my sister, Gwen. Because what? Because what? Because he was. Because he is actually European. He is actually from Europe. Right. What? That that I dated him. That I gave him a chance. Well, I want to make sure you're giving everybody a chance. I did. I I, <laughs> I met Bob right after. Listen, I'm an equal opportunity um, lover. I believe in peace, love, okay. harmony, light, 
Love and light. Okay. I just wanted to be strong. I was a little concerned. I'm not one of these NBA. I'm not an NBA player, and <laughs> I'm not, you know, Kanye. I don't have any per preference. Um, I don't believe in that. I think we've talked about that. Um, no, that's that. I think that's an unfair statement. I think that black men get into. I okay. We're gonna go with some hot takes right now. I think that black men are cool to slang their dick all over the fucking world and every, you know, Puerto, Puerto Rican butter pecan delight, everything vanilla, you know, even chocolates chocolate sundaes get in touch. Everybody wants to do everything, right? But the minute a black woman even looks someplace else, my sister, what are you doing? Okay? But y'all be the first one to slang that dick everywhere. Wait, Speak on it. Yeah. Speak on it. Not in my lifetime. Not me. <sighs> okay, okay. Actually, Ishmael, that's not that's not facts. Okay. That's oh. not facts. How so? Because I remember even from us being young little wee children, right. you had your little eye, you always had your eye on uh I don't know if she was Indian or something. <laughs> there was some girl that you was really feeling. Right. Okay, she wasn't black. Uh-huh. But you didn't have no problem with that. Now he look he curious. He now this he was one time in high school. Allegedly. I don't allegedly, know your whole life. I don't know what else you've done since then. And we didn't even go on a date. So. That was because you were too young. Right, but exactly. <laughs> I don't know what you've done since then. So who's to say? Who's to say? Man, that's not my history. And I wasn't judging you. I was just a little concerned. You know? But what, why was the reason to have concern? Well, you made some other statements about, you know, how you were kind of fed up with black men to a degree. I said that? To a degree. In a roundabout way. Hold up. No, no, no. <laughs> Bob's giving me some crazy eyes. I did not. No, I, I never... No, go go ahead. Keep going. Well, well, maybe a certain type of man. Let's, let's put it like that. What are you talking about? Okay, first of all, this is not on the list of topics. <laughs> it's not some with some hot takes right now. Did, what are you talking about? We didn't... I said that? I, you need to... No, you're going to have to come back with episode what? At what minute, Mark? Because that's not correct. Gotcha. We'll revisit that. Oh, yeah, please do. Okay, because look at this. You see, this is a problem. I have two men on here, and now they're trying to shave me off off jump. Six minutes in. Whoa, 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 whoa. I haven't shaded you. Not at all. Not yet, anyway. It's coming. It's Whatever. definitely coming. I don't even like the disrespect. <laughs> we, want to, we want to talk about this. The black male, black female dynamic. We want to talk about this, okay? That's questionable. That's questionable. Um, all right. Fucking hell. So that's how we know each other. You see, yeah. Uh, so actually, speaking of previous episodes, although you're talking about something that did not happen, so now I have to, you know, caution myself as to how well I think you're listening to my uh-huh. podcast. But I did want to get your feedback on episode ten with with the MVPs with Slim. And Kimmy, um, and it was beware of false prophets. Mm-hmm. So, um, anything you want to talk about from that? I thought it flowed really well. Mm-hmm. I liked the topics how you discussed. I really was interested in hearing what women would have to say about part of the rimming topic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was interesting hearing your feedback from doing it or receiving it. Mm-hmm. From my experience, the women I know, a lot of them don't have a problem receiving. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as giving. Mm-hmm. That's an issue for a lot of women. So I was kind of surprised that they say either way, they were kind of just not, not really feeling it. Mm. So I thought that was interesting. Mm. Yeah, that was, yeah. First of all, it was hot in here, like I said, just that, that particular <laughs> day. Uh, it's not as hot today. Um, but it was wild. And actually, I cut out a lot because we went down the rabbit holes inappropriately mm-hmm. and we had to take it out because um, <laughs> it was kind of crazy where we, how far we went into it. Right. But, um, 
you know, and we have jobs, so, you know, we're trying to stay employed. Of course. But, uh, yeah, I think it's, you know, you brought it up, which is Mm -hmm. how it came up. And it's taboo. Although, like I said, I think it's changing because the narrative, you know, so, I mean, I guess it's, mm, I think Kimmy or someone, one of them brought up a good question. So is rimming strictly when a woman does it with a man or does it go both ways? Does it qualify? So my experience is more so when a woman does it to a man. Yeah, that's what I think. Other way is normally it, tossing salads, which we refer to it as. But isn't tossing salad like a jail term? I feel like it started in jail, which means would be men and men. It did, but from recent terminology, it's more so applying to when it's done to a woman. Okay. I mean, like I said, I know it as Ina Booty like groceries. So <laughs> that's what, to me, it's called now. Because I'm young and I want the young kids to say. Nice you know I'm hip, okay? <laughs> Um, that would the young kids going on being kids. Suck my dick from the back, okay? <laughs> you know I haven't said that on the podcast yet, but I have to give that to you just now, okay? Because you're always trying to shade me about my alleged, you know, older age than you. Um, stop, <laughs> okay? Um, that's what the kids say. All right. Um, yeah, you know it's a hard topic, mm-hmm. uh, and I think especially when it comes to bedroom talk, when it comes to non traditional or things that are taboo. I think it's hard for people to be honest or speak freely or, you know, or even to fathom it, you know, it's like people will be very judgmental about it. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, obviously it's being done. It wouldn't have a name or a moniker if it weren't being done, but it's, you know, it's taboo, Mm -hmm. you know, taboo, just like our other favorite subjects, um, (laughs) pegging. Go, go talk. Say what you got to say, Bob. See, okay. Confession time. I've 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 been rimmed before. Okay, well, I was out okay. Here. okay, and a lot of guys that I love like, Ishmael's face on this. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just looking I at it. Okay. Now find me. Right, right. That's, that's where my mind was going. Oh, okay. oh no, no, no! It's not by me. No. <laughs> yeah, but is that why you were looking at me like that? Previous life. Previous life. That's all I'm, that's all I'm, I'm going to say from a previous life. Go post the mic. Okay. Yeah, previous life, that's what happened. And I, I for one, enjoyed it. I thought it was, I, I thought, I thought it was pretty cool. Now, if, I've, I've also had some guys um, that I've spoken to, friends that I've spoken well, well eh, acquaintances, we'll say, that have actually liked it better than, uh, better than that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. Wow. Well, even when we talked about the pegging initially, you guys, men do have like your G spot essentially there. So it wouldn't be surprising if people really enjoy, you know, butt play as men because, you know, that's where that's where the action happens. That's where the magic happens, baby. So that's what they say. (laughs) Allegedly. The magic happens, you know, that's so, um, wow. We're just being so open on this podcast, but you know, so is that why that look? Cause you thought it was me. That was the look was I mean, for... it wasn't a bad look. It was just like, okay. Yeah. And no, it wasn't a look. I was like, <laughs> why are you looking at me? No, I have not. All right, well, let's do confession time. So, so I have also had that done to me. Yes. It wasn't planned. It was right. kind of just a spontaneous thing. I didn't really enjoy it too much. Okay. So I told her afterward that, you know, you seemed like you were having a good time, so I okay. didn't stop you, but right. you know, not something you need to have Ooh. in the repertoire going okay. forward. Okay. All right. And why do you why do you what did you not enjoy about it? Just wasn't comfortable. Um 
you know, the area above that. I was, right. She was there. That was great. And then it's just, you know, when she went down there, I guess maybe because I'm naturally kind of a ticklish person anyway. Okay. You know, whether it's legs, stomach, and right. all that. So that might have tied me through a little bit. But okay. it just made me feel more tense. So it made you tense. Right. But when you're, okay, but when you're ticklish, do you feel tense when you got tickled? Yeah, you know, you jump, you kind of fidget, okay. stuff like that. Some yeah. Like, same type of, you know, okay. sensation. Okay, got it. All right. So you felt, okay, interesting. Look, see, this is why we need men on the podcast to tell us stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. So we've tackled rimming. I imagine Kimmy will probably will maybe talk about it again, but maybe not. <laughs> but the gift that keeps on giving okay. is is pegging. Okay. Um, well, you wrote in your thoughts, but I think you can just, you know, tell them why you're mad, son. Tell them your feelings, sir. Well, not mad. It's just the fact that, you know, we talk about things in abstract ways. So let's put mm-hmm. it in a realistic format. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of joke with you when I talked about this, you know, could you respect your man if mm-hmm. he bent over and you basically treated him like you would treat a woman? And I think for the most part, most women would be like, no, that's just that type of dynamic mm-hmm. is they're going to. They're going to look at their man differently. Mm-hmm. Most women. Mm-hmm. Now you have some that will, you know, I don't know if you're gender fluid or whatever you type of claim, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you might not have an issue with that type mm-hmm. of action, mm-hmm. feminine action from your mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. But I think most women are not going to be comfortable with that because mm-hmm. your mind is going to go to, okay, mm-hmm. if you're enjoying this from me mm-hmm. with a syn- synthetic object, mm-hmm. wouldn't you be enjoying it more with a man doing the same thing? Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay, so and coming from Atlanta, and Atlanta is, as we know, a hot the bed. black gay mecca. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think any woman is going to be on high alert, especially mm-hmm. where I'm from. Yes, you know, if, if a man said, "Hey, you know, why don't you wear a strap on?" They're going to be looking at him like, "Okay, you must be at the very least bisexual." Okay, so let's go down this path, right? Um, I the last episode, episode ten, we Kimmy was like, "Oh, pegging is a dildo off the man's ass." I was like, "No, it's more the, like a strap on." <clears throat> And, you know, and after I picked that apart in my mind mm-hmm. more and, you know, would you believe that I don't find it problematic? Like I can put my mind around the dildo more than the strap on. Okay. And that might seem bizarre. Boss, give me a little weird look. Bob and I talked about this a little bit already um, because I feel like, and okay, disclaimer, I've never done this. Okay. But I, and, not, and if I did it, nothing's wrong with it, but exactly. I haven't. Okay. Um, I feel like in the context of sex, right, mm-hmm. and sexual exploration, if you're giving a blowjob and maybe you're engaging a toy, a cock ring or something, I don't know. I feel like I could maybe put my mind around a dildo just being a part of a play scenario. I, they're, they're giving me perplexed looks. Okay. I, I For me, it's just easier to wrap my mind around as okay. a woman where I wouldn't... I don't know. If, I don't know if I would question sexuality either way. It's actually more me. Actually, it's my own discomfort right. with being in that position, wearing a strap on, on top of a man. That's where my discomfort from, comes from. Right. That's why I don't even like whether or not he's gay or not. His identity, I can't even go that far because initially I did say I didn't. You know, I can't say the guy's gay or not. I don't know, right. but it's my personal discomfort with um, assuming that position on top of a man. It, something about it is disconcerting and I don't know what it is to be honest, because then I flip it like, okay, if you're writing a guy, you know, you're, you know, quote unquote, kind of in a position of power, or, you know, dominance or something, right. but it, it doesn't something I don't, and I don't know why, actually, I don't know why it's different to me. Why am I okay with writing a guy, but putting a strap on would make me feel really uncomfortable. I don't know why. 
but it, it does. I guess what it boils down to for me is it's a it's a it's a bit of role reversal, mm-hmm. you know, where a woman is kind of used to having that. I mean, I won't call it dominance, but mm-hmm. you know, they're in that receiving position where they're, you know pretty much where they're, you know, where, where they're receiving, where they're, where they're getting something. But, but what about if you're on top? If a woman's on top? You're still receiving the penis inside you. It's still the same dynamic. Yeah, it's still okay. receiving. It's just from a different, just di- from a different angle, different okay. position. Okay. Now, again, if you're bending your man over like he would bend you over, it'd be like the Usher song, Trading Places. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to understand, you know, that's not exactly a position that most heterosexual, you know, heteronormative guys would, would really want to be in, you know? That's that's just I mean, that's just my take on it. I can't say, like I said, I can't define the man's sexuality, but just me as a woman, I don't... It, it's just, I, you know, I, I guess it's just, just an unknown. Like, me, right. you on all fours, and I'm behind you, and I'm, just, I'm really confused, and I keep saying, what am I getting out of this? I keep saying that. No, I did ask a lesbian, my friend, Andy's a lesbian friend, sorry, young girl, I called you lesbian friend, um, about it, we I asked her. We were there. I asked her about whether or not we went to the hip hop brunch. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah and I yeah, asked yeah. her about um, strap ons, and she said she does use them. And she says that you know the pressure it does stimulate her vagina when she's using it, so she right. does, you know, she does get pleasure from it. I, you know, I never wanted a phallus. You know, I enjoy phalluses attached to other people being men but i don't need my own phallus i don't i don't know what you know like i said i maybe i'm just not woke enough maybe i'm just not progressive enough i don't i don't i just don't see my stuff it's me it's not even the guy receiving so much it's me humping a man behind it's 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 like a mind fuck to me it's a mind fuck it's a mindfuck. Like I said, it's the role reversal. You know, it's it, it, again. I mean, that, that's why it's a bit of. That's why, in, in my opinion, that's why you're that's why you're experiencing the cognitive dissonance that you that you're experiencing with that. Okay, but because okay. it is the role reversal. You right. know what I'm saying? It is. It is it like is. you're just you're just not used to being in that position where yeah. you're you know where you're the one getting you know you're the one blowing his back out. You no. know what I'm saying? Like that's I'm not exactly. Don't you have any desire to want to be in that? I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have that because I'm like, okay, fine. Say he's not on all fours. Say he's lying down and he's like missionary, right? So he's lying. And he's looking back, at you. And he's looking at me. <laughs> his legs are up. I mean, I just, I just, I'm like, visually, it's a lot. It's, it's. I don't know why. I don't know why. It, you're right. It's cognitive you know dissonance. It, it sounds and looks crazy. That's why. No, it's cognitive dissonance. It's I, I. It just, it doesn't like match, you know, like it's like the peg is not fitting right in the hole to me. It's just like, wait, this is, I don't, he's on his back and I'm here. Right. Well, depending on his facial expressions, you might just be hitting that hole right. <laughs> Shut up. Right. I just, oh, I, it's, it's, it's disconcerting, but I'm not judging anyone who does it. And like right. I said, right. I could somehow though, I can still the dildo thing, I could probably, if a guy was like, yeah, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I could probably, I could probably do it because okay. it's not me physically. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just, you're not mimicking a man. I'm not mimicking the behavior, right? right? I'm just a hand thing. To, you know, it's different. Like, a, it's like a, a weird extension of a hand job or something. Gotcha. It's, but for me to strap on a phallus and now gyrate. Into you, it's just a lot for me. Right. It's just a lot for me. 
that's 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 my issue with it. So I don't even question the man's sexuality. Mm-hmm. It's it's me. Like I don't want to do that right. to you. It's not about what you want. It's just that I don't want to be in that position. That's not how I feel comfortable or I get off or I, you know, that's what I think more about me. So I can't even, you know, his motivations, whether or not he's gay or not, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Because Kimmy did say to me, what if the woman's the one who suggested, what if it's not the man who suggested, what if it's the woman who suggests the pegging to the guy, then what? What if a woman suggests that to you? I'm being very insulted. I figure she doesn't know me that well to even bring that up as a possibility. You'd be insulted? I would. If you're okay, you're not like a first date or a one night stand. You're in a long standing relationship. She wants to spice it up. If we're in a long standing relationship, she should already know that's not going to be an option under no circumstances. Bob, get close to the mic. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Oh, you're thinking. Oh, ooh, hot take. I would almost consider it a question of almost a test of the guy's. I don't even like using this term, but I, I think I'm just going to have to mm-hmm. go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would almost consider it a test of the guy's manhood. I really would. I, I would consider it a test because it's like if, if the woman suggests it and she's like, well, you know, well, how about I do this to you? And, and he's like, uh, ooh, maybe, you know, or something like that. You know, I, I guess it's just a test of his propensity for what it is that he likes. And, you know, I guess. <sighs> I guess so okay, no, 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 no. Okay, let's go. Let's let's go. Let's, let's wrap hole. So, woman, now, all right. Okay. So she's like, you know, you guys have been in a long-term relationship. She wants to spice it up, and she's like, you know, I've always had this fantasy of you know, me stop. And... She's not going to say it like that. Right. She has a fantasy of um, being uh, in the same in a role reversal, right? She has this right. fantasy of being in a role reversal. Uh, you know, she it'll make her really hot. It'll make her really wet. The sex will be hot, and you know, you're you know, this is very vulnerable. You're very close. Would you, you know, try to do this for her to try to, uh, you know, explore her fantasies? Um, and you know, you you, you never know. You could really be into it. It'll be your own little secret. Blah blah blah. Own little secret, huh? Well, it's a secret, clearly. <laughs> right. Clearly. The answer is still no, because one of the main things about sex is supposed to be giving and receiving. Right. There should never be a case where there's only one side receiving pleasure. Right. So if you notice this is something that I have no desire to do, would get no pleasure out of doing it. How do you know you're not going to get pressure from it? You guys have you have your little G-spot back there. There's going to be no pleasure whatsoever, because I know my body, number one. Mm-hmm. That would be like me telling you, okay, one, you know, I have this fantasy of watching a white man throat fuck a black woman. Mm-hmm. It would, you know, make me so hard. It would turn mm-hmm. me on, and then afterward, you know, we can have sex. Too. Mm-hmm. Now, knowing you, that would probably be very degrading. You would have no desire to do something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't force that. I mean, I wouldn't even bring that up if I knew you very well. If we've been mm-hmm. in a long-term relationship, that mm-hmm. would not even come on the table. Mm-hmm. So, even if that's a fantasy that you have, mm-hmm. um, as far as uh, the pegging one, mm-hmm. that's going to be something that's just going to have to be unfulfilled. You can't get everything that you want. So, okay. Let's go. Okay, Bob. Before I go to my next line of questioning, do you have do you have something to say about that? I mean, for me, um, hmm, I don't know why this is so hard for me. Um, if you're in a long term relationship okay. and you're in a you know and, and you're in a position, okay. I, again, in, from my own position, okay. I, I just I just wouldn't think it be think it would be the right you know would be right for me. Now I can't speak for I can't speak for other guys. Mm-hmm. You know I'm not trying to do that, but 
Um, and the you know when it comes to you know when it comes to Bob, you know getting pegged is just not simply you know something that I'd like to do. And right. and again and 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 just like Ishmael said, you know if you're in a long term relationship, if you've been together for years or or even or even a few months. And you guys are getting a rhythm and you're figuring out each other's bodies. And it's like, you know, you, you know, you know, you, 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 you should have a knowledge already of what it is that each other likes. And remember how I, how I told you before, you know, when it comes to sex, sex is the communication of the state of the relationship in which it takes place. Mm-hmm. So if all of a sudden, you know, the woman wants to be dominant and, and, and say to, you know, and, and basically be like, you know, I want to take over. It's kind of like, well, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Okay. okay. I, I was going to put on another line of thing, but you say something else. So why is it, though, that we're saying that the woman wants to be dominant? Because what I said so many times, just think about doggy style, man, you know, man behind, woman in front. Is the man dominant? I don't feel like I'm being dominated in that position. I don't feel dominated. So why is it when it's reversed, suddenly it's like, oh, she's dominating? Why is it? Well, from the man's perspective, traditional doggy style, mm-hmm. I think it really depends on what type of doggy style are you doing. Is it slow? Is she doing most of the work? That can vary. Mm-hmm. But anytime I've thought about pegging, for the most part, it yeah. really seems like it's a power dynamic. It's something that the woman wants to do to, I guess, establish, a re- like, like you were saying earlier, a role reversal, so to speak. But if it's a role reversal in traditional doggy style with a heterosexual man and heterosexual woman, is it a position of male dominance? It's not going to fit exactly because we're different as men and women. A man bent over in that type of position is a submissive position. For the most but, but now let's go back to the hetero piece. Because you know, we keep jumping to that part where we don't like. But the hetero piece, is it when you're having doggy style, do you feel like the man's dominant? Depending on how he's doing it. How? So if you have her face down and you have your hand on the back of her neck mm-hmm. and you're pounding her, mm-hmm. the man would be in the dominant position. Mm-hmm. If he, if you're more so laid back, kind of splayed out, almost like a lap dance type of style, mm-hmm. and she's, you know, gyrating and doing most of the movement, then mm-hmm. you can argue that she's in the dominant position. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to sit there and apply that to the reversal, mm-hmm. it still seems like it's a <laughs> that the woman is in a dominant position either way. Now, if you're telling me the man is still re- retaining his dominance because he could be a power bottom, he could be a power bottom. Well, now we're talking about power bottom. Wow. So now let we're him be a power about... bottom. Let him be a power bottom. Power bottom. Yes. If he's a power bottom, then obviously he ain't all that interested in you. Stop. No, stop. There we go. I'm just uh-huh. saying. <laughs> okay, I'm just using the terminology. I'm not saying that, but I'm right. saying if he's working the hell out that strap on. <laughs> Okay. Oh, Jesus. Let him work the hell out that strap on. He can work out all he wants to, but then is she dominating him? He has a foreign object up his backside. I would say so. Uh, well, you know. I'll say it a little bit differently. <laughs> She's fucking her man in her ass. In his ass. Okay. Yeah, in in his ass. Yes. Okay. And the bottom line is, mm-hmm. most guys, mm-hmm. and like I said, most heterosexual guys mm-hmm. that I know, mm-hmm. and that maybe Ismail knows. Mm-hmm. We ain't down with that. No. Think about what you just said. A power bottom, gyrating and popping on the. Because on. because I'm trying to make the parallel between doggy style, you right. know, hetero doggy style. But I don't think you can make a parallel because just the dynamic between men and women. It's not going to be an exact parallel. You just can't make a role reversal like that and just apply it the same way. It just doesn't work. 
I think for the most part, you know, to get that whole power bottom dynamic, you're just going to, you know, you might just have to talk to a gay man about it. But, you know? the, but the thing with pegging is that a lot of times it's hetero men. Now, here's another school of thought. And I brought this up with you, too, mm-hmm. as far as there are some people who will say anything that you do with a woman as a man is inherently straight. Mm-hmm. So whether that means you strap on a mm-hmm. dildo, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Mm-hmm. I don't subscribe to that. I don't. I just think that if you're doing things like that, you have homosexual tendencies. Those are homosexual acts. That doesn't make you a bad person or anything like that. You can be bisexual, but I don't like the whole idea of denying what it is. So this is okay. We're totally not a rabbit hole, but it's okay. Um, so there was a guy on the gram, actually on Instagram, who had posted something earlier this week that I thought was actually very interesting. So he posted something along the lines of. Women will experiment all through college with women um, and not be not consider themselves gay or lesbians. Right. Mm -hmm. But the minute a guy does anything, nigga, you gay. Right. Right. So why is there a double standard? Why is it that women can like, you know, experiment, kiss, hook up also other women. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't mean that they're bisexual. It doesn't mean they're labeled bisexual. It's like, oh, they were experimenting, da, 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 whatever. But now they move on to their regular lives or whatever. But men, the minute there's any interaction that people think is outside of heteronormalcy, uh, it just automatically gets qualified as gay. Why? Why is there that double standard? I think in society in general, men are socialized to be more decisive in their actions, period. Whether that's our career, sexuality, I think so. So I my think, face, y'all can't see my face right now. <laughs> and I think in a situation like that, it's just like we call it what it is. I mean, if you suck the dick in college mm-hmm. and they decide, oh well, you know, that was I tried it, but you know, mm-hmm. not really my thing. Mm-hmm. To me, you still could possibly have bisexual tendencies. To me, you've done it. You actually engage in the full act. To me, you don't have to engage in the full act to know you don't want to do it. I don't have to suck a dick to know I don't want to suck a dick. Simple. I, I hear you. I, uh, you so know. for people who are indecisive, I just think they have tendencies, bisexual tendencies, which is not a problem. But this whole idea of I did it for two years, now I'm not anymore, I don't buy that. I really don't. Plus on top of that, you know, just to piggyback on that, you know, women have... A, this was some. This was this was like Psych 101 that I took, but... Women have something called sexual elasticity where they can, you know, where y'all can go back and forth between, you know, between being, you know, lesbian or, you know, having experiences with women and then going back to having experiences with men. Um, I don't know if guys having that unless unless they're bisexual. And the look on your face is just Who came up with this theory? This doesn't even sound... How can it be that women have sexual elasticity but men don't? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, we are different. That would be surprising. So, it's... This this is society. This this is socialization. How can it be that... It's basically saying it's acceptable for women to experiment or to do whatever with women. And... But, you know, if they stop, then they're not really... But any... Like like I... But when men do it, it's just acceptable, though. Uh, You know, as a matter of fact, you know, as a matter of fact, let me. I'll give you a perfect example. Yes. Guys who are on the down low. Okay. 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 Guys who are. I read a book by this guy named J. L. King. Mm -hmm. Okay, where he explains the whole down low lifestyle. Mm -hmm. 
of straight guys, you know, guys who identify as as, as heterosexual, they are fully engaging in sex with other men, okay? But still, at the end of the day, calling themselves straight men. And I'm like, how in the world is that even possible? When you're actually engaging in the act of sex with another man, you know what I'm saying? That is... Um, that's where I'm coming from when it comes to the lack of sexual elasticity and, you know, maybe the, the... I'm going to give an example. Okay. I'm going to cut you off. Sorry. What do you got? Jail. Jail to me is the best example of everything. Okay. Because you have no access, generally speaking, to the opposite gender. Right. So are men who go to jail and have sex with men gay? Because in that circumstance, they don't have another option, all right? And our women who go to jail and have sexual relationships with women, are they gay? That's situational homosexuality. And if you're saying that they're coming out and being straight after they come out of jail? Well, I'm just asking. So what happens? Like, what happens? Okay, situational, right? Mm-hmm. Say they come out, right? right? So when they come out, does that? what does that mean? That means... If you come out and you're dating, let's say you're a man, so mm-hmm. you're engaging in sex with men while you're in prison mm-hmm. and then you come out and you're dating women mm-hmm. to me you're bisexual okay i'd have to agree with that so what was the option for them in jail the option was to wait until you get out to be with a woman not everybody that goes to jail engages in homosexual acts believe it or not what percentage do you think well i have no idea what percentage mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. if you engage in sexual acts with a man mm-hmm. and you do the same thing with women you're bisexual Hmm. I'm sure those men would say that they're not. Well, and, and that's not, is that down? That's not down low though. That's situated like they, it was circumstantial. Circumstantial. You still slept with a man. Okay. That's almost like me saying circumstantial cheating. You still cheated on your partner. Mm. That doesn't erase it. Okay. That's mental gymnastics to just not, that's because you're not comfortable with what you did for whatever reason. Okay. And comfortable with yourself. That could be because of society mm-hmm. or just could be something internal, mm-hmm. but that doesn't erase the acts of what you did. Okay. You know, you're bisexual. Okay. Doesn't make you a bad person or anything, but you've engaged with sex with mm-hmm. both sexes. Mm-hmm. You're bisexual. So same thing with the woman. Same thing with the woman. Yep. Yes. Same okay. thing. Okay. Okay. Listen, I'm just getting your takes. Listen, I'm not saying anything's right or wrong. I, these are just all, you know, we live in a society is different now and there's a That's lot true. of different angles and genders. I remember I, th- I think I saw something, okay, Cupid said that you could they, you can select between 22 genders when you're actually you know, making your profile. What? I heard yeah. 17, so now it's up to 20, 22? I think, I think it's 22. That's just ridiculous. I'm not judging. Um, so, so now we have another question to ask. You yes. know, we're talking about different genders. Yeah. Um, and you brought up, you saw somebody on Instagram. It was a trans man, right? They look really good. Yes, Lace. Yes, Lace. I love you. Go ahead. So under any circumstances, would you be in a relationship with a, a trans man? And if you were, would you consider consider him a man or would you still look at him as a woman, being that they were born biologically? So I said the only trans man that I would ever consider dating is Lace. Okay. Uh, but my problem is, and again, Lacey, you're a perfect person, and I'm the one who's flawed, it's not you, um, is the genitalia issue. Um, because okay. it's there's no real bottom surgery to make a vagina into a penis. Right. So I 
can't be with another child. Like, I just can't. Like, for me, I have no, like, so a lot of women have experimented. I've never experimented with women. I right. don't see women in that way. Mm-hmm. And I have lots of lesbian friends. And this is not like when a white person's like, I have black friends. I'm not saying that, okay? All I'm saying is that um, I've had opportunity. I could have, it's just not something that remotely interests me. Right. So for him to have a vagina or a vagina adjacent apparatus is not my thing. Um, so that would be the problem. The other thing is that I don't know if you're still getting your period or like maybe the testosterone makes you stop getting your period and mm-hmm. I ain't dealing with nobody else's period but my own. So this is where, unfortunately, um, although you are more than your genitals and your identity is more than genitalia, and I, and I totally get that, um, I just need a penis and you don't have one. And that's, um, and I'm the flawed one. It's not you. I'm the problematic one. It's me. I don't think there's anything flawed about what you're saying. We all have our preferences. You know, you hear sometimes on social media where they say if you wouldn't date a trans person, then that makes you uh, transphobic. I don't agree. I don't agree. I think that's just taken to the extreme. We all have preferences on every single level, and you should have a preference for who you want to share your body with, right. what they look like, and how right. they, you know, present themselves. So I don't find any issue with that. I do think it's interesting to look at the mindset because, you know, if you're trans, whether man or woman, you spent a certain amount of years in one gender mm-hmm. and then you move to a different gender. Mm-hmm. So you have an interesting perspective, mm-hmm. I think, more so than the average person. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's just something I think we'll learn more about as the years go on. Do you want to say something? <laughs> Don't be too problematic on here. <laughs> you think about it. I have, so actually, I have a thought, though. I got to be careful, but listen, I love everybody. And we don't always have to agree. And I am going to try to get a trans person on this podcast because I do want, you know, it's like, I don't like talking about it. You know, I want someone, and obviously you're not, the person can only share their experience and they're not representative of everyone. But I I do want to have a conversation. But my thing about the trans struggle right now is like, I don't care about the bathrooms. I don't care about that shit. Like go to whatever bathroom you want to go to. I have no problem with that. I have a little bit of the issue with the nomenclature, with the actual naming. So I'm fine with you saying that you're a trans woman, but you're telling me that you're just a woman. I feel like you're not respecting my agency as a natural born woman. Right. And I know that's people will think that's inflammatory what I'm saying, but I actually feel like you're exhibiting your male privilege by trying to encroach upon my space and tell me what I what I'm going to do, and that you're going to I'm going to have to accept you, because wow. I feel like men tend to do that, and wow. you may not even realize that as a trans woman that because you, regardless of you, are still socialized as a boy, as a male for some part of your life, and that's still a part of you, and that's you true. don't realize that. So even if you felt inside that you are a woman, you are still socialized, and some of those tendencies and those behaviors that men tend to have, you still will embody that and you don't realize it. Although you still may encompass some of these feminine uh, traits, which are fine. But the fact that you're going to tell me that you're a woman and you better accept me as a woman if you don't like it, that's a very male way. That's a very male approach to the conversation. It's a very good point. It's a very male approach. Yeah. There, there are certain things that I notice that trans women are doing where I'm like, damn, you don't see your testosterone hanging, yo. Because... That is so, a lot of because so, sometimes the way women in general, and this is generalities, we're not monolithic, but the way we approach situations sometimes are different. Yeah. And that 
like assertion of like dominance of I'm telling you and you're going to accept me is a very male way to approach it. I think of um, a few weeks ago, it might have been, might have been a couple of months ago right now, uh, by now. Um, anybody remember when Genuine, uh, when a trans woman uh, approached Genuine to, you know, for a kiss? Yes. And Genuine told him, told, told her, her no, mm-hmm. and uh, she got offended. Yes. And wanted to basically label, um, label Genuine as, as transphobic. Okay. First off, m- m- my issue is kind of the same as yours. It's like, what exactly gives you the right uh, to dominate what my preferences are? Mm-hmm. Okay, if, I'm, if my preference is to be with a cis woman, mm-hmm. okay, that's my preference. I don't... Hey, who, 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 which woman said we could call, be called cis? I didn't approve that title. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh. Go ahead, sorry. Oh, shit. Sorry. I didn't approve of that, but go ahead. Oh, you didn't? Okay. No, I didn't. Okay, I'm sorry. This label, who who said that? Was there like a vote, a survey? I didn't vote for this. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> well, uh, the only reason why I use it is... I, I'm just being an asshole. Go ahead. No. Well, it's okay. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, I I find it... I mean, I, 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 find, I find it to be not only offensive for them to push their, to put, you know, to kind of push their own uh, preferences onto a person, onto a single person and call them transphobic. I find that to be very offensive. I do. And I find it to be, I, I, I find it almost to be authoritarian in their approach to what they call equality. You know, it's like why in the like you like you're not going to achieve equality by demanding that someone accept you. You're just not, yeah. you know, and and demanding that they change their preferences just so that you can get your rocks off. That's not no. That's okay, a, that no. Was, that was problematic. Uh, problematic lights went off. Well, um, let it be problematic, but you know the fact of them. But that, but the, but those are facts. Okay, relationships are more than about getting your rocks off, right? That's why I don't like to bring it to genitalia because it's 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 more than that, and and identity is more than that. Um, it's it's complicated. We can talk we can talk about this forever. I have a lot of different thoughts, and I'm very supportive of the trans community. Though, like, I'm very supportive, right? I just think that some of the approaches, and you know, it's, it's more trans woman it's not the trans men and, and, and you, you don't know, hear much about them at all you know why because at the end of that they were not because they, they were a woman and it's a different approach they not tell me this this, this is the truth could a trans man come to to men natural born men and be like i'm a man and you're going accept me as a man yeah i would not take that shit <laughs> it, it couldn't go down and that approach nope. would never work right and so they're not taking that approach because again women naturally that's not necessarily the way we go about accomplishing consensus or things like that's not how we normally, we don't always do like as an aggressor. Like, you know, we don't trump our way into fucking things. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that's why you don't see trans men beating their chests and trying to beat natural cis men into submission. Like you gonna set me, you know? So it, it's, it's so fascinating to me because you want to be accepted as a woman but the behavior you're you're like exhibiting is very stereotypical 
male of male aggression and dominance yeah. in your in, in your in your quest to be accepted. That's Gwen's hot take. You know, Gwen be paying attention. Okay. <laughs> Gwen got these hot takes. But listen, trans people, I love you. Um, and like I said, Lee, if that surgery advances to like a wonderful state, you know, holla at your girl. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying. Look, hey. Okay, we really went we really kind of covered a lot of these things. So we actually, Bob, you alluded to sex. You actually already talked about it. Sex being about power versus communication. And the right. next topic we have on here, because it's very timely, is Mr. Bill Cosby. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I want Bob to start with this. Bob, why don't you tell us your thoughts about this situation with Mr. Cosby? Get close to the mic. Use your words, baby. Right now, as someone who watched the Cosby show with a lot of reverence and as someone who looked to Mr. Cosby for, uh, you know, as someone who was, you know, as, as someone who was respected in the community, you know, as he got all his honorary degrees, he was, you know, he went to Temple University and everything else. Um, I, I I saw him as a bit of a black icon. I did. Mm-hmm. Did I ever imagine, I never imagined in a million years that this guy that I looked up to mm-hmm. would be convicted of, would not, not just be convicted of, convicted of sexual abuse, mm-hmm. of sexually assaulting women. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that just say it. Yeah, just say it. That he was accused and tried and convicted. There's you, a you, lot you, of you cognitive real light right here. Okay, you be real light because we talked about this. So I'm sorry, you can yeah. I need you to come out with your hot takes with what you tweeted, sir. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. This is this is this is me being real. Mm-hmm. As someone, like I said, as someone who. Watch the Cosby show, someone who, you know, saw him, uh, you know, saw him in, a, in, in that light. Uh, it's it's been hard. It's been hard. You're not. I need you to keep it real fluffy right now. Go to the next level of your argument. What's the next level? If, if you make me pull up your fucking tweets. OK, don't make me pull up your tweets. Tell them your real feelings about this. God damn. You want me to be real? I'm no, being I am, real. But you know what you're doing? You're couching everything <laughs> and you're talking real PC and you're talking around, you're skirting around it, and I'm hurt, and da, 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 da. you need to keep it so funky and stand in your own truth like you did before. Because you have, you, nah, tell them your thoughts. <laughs> tell them. Okay. You want to know what my thoughts yes. are? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm upset. And, and 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 a little hurt that he you know that that Cosby got convicted of sexual of, of sexually mm-hmm. abuse of sexual assaulting mm-hmm. these women. Mm-hmm. I think what he did was absolutely fucking horrible. Mm-hmm. And it and and again, it is difficult for me mm-hmm. to differentiate mm-hmm. between the two between the America's dad, mm-hmm. you know, and this sexual predator. Okay, and we have talked about this before. My issue, Mm -hmm. okay, is Mm -hmm. that black people, especially black progressives, Mm -hmm. have been after Bill Cosby for many, many 
many years. How so? Okay. There was ever since the pound cake speech, and you can and you can Google you can Google the pound cake speech, and where he was basically you know where people have said that he was lecturing. When he told niggas to put their pants up, so what? One agrees. Put your pants up, niggas. So go ahead. Yeah, but and see that's where okay, you had you you have this thing now called respectability politics. Yes, yes. Okay, mm-hmm. where. Basically, they say, well, if you dress a certain way, you mm-hmm. talk a certain way, mm-hmm. that white people will consider you to be a little bit more palatable as, you know, as a black person. Allegedly. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. That don't work. And I'll be the first person to I say that, re- of that respectability politics bullshit. Is, is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But mm-hmm. what I'm going to say is mm-hmm. that these same black, young black uh, uh, activists and others. Twitter niggas. Ta- Twitter niggas, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Donna Hasi Coates, I'm talking about you too, okay? Because you're about the biggest Twitter nigga I've ever met and mm-hmm. seen mm-hmm. on Twitter. Okay? <laughs> the fact of the matter is, I know that you people have been after Cosby for years, well before, well before Cosby ever, well before the first woman ever brought up sexual assault. Okay. So I know that this is, I, I, that's being convicted of the crime is one thing. It's horrible. And he should go to prison for the rest of his life for what he did. But now what you have you out here, a little bit, but go ahead. Go he ahead. should, I'm, I'm, that, you know, I, I have the I'm right to convince you this morning because you didn't feel that way before. But go ahead. You know, he he has the right to be, you know, he, well, I shouldn't say he has the right, but he, he should be punished for his crimes. Okay. He should be punished okay. for what he did. Okay. Okay. However, okay. I'm not letting niggas forget that this is the culmination of a lot of what black Twitter wanted. That's all I'm getting at. And now, you know, I saw, I think I saw Tere and uh, you sent me something earlier about Lil Duval saying, well, if I'm, you know, if I'm Bill Cosby right now, I'm dying right here and right now. It was a joke. Whatever. It was a joke. Tere, Tere on Twitter. Lil Duval said that. Lil Duval said that. Tere on Twitter says, I wouldn't be surprised if Cosby killed himself. I'm like, what? So all of this over the pound cake speech, basically? From I know the context, people. I know I know what this has always been about. Tell you, tell this was just about. this is you know mm-hmm. I I know the context of what of, of what this has What's always been about, which is you told nigga this man had the nerve to mm-hmm. tell niggas about themselves mm-hmm. and they hated it and now. Here it is. The, you know, he got caught. He got caught as a sexual predator. So now it's like, OK, well, we're going to put him in jail. And, he, you know, we, so so he's in prison and going to be in prison for the rest of his life. And now they're calling for his death. And I, and I tweeted that many years ago but before this whole thing started. They're going to drive Cosby into the fucking ground because of this. Okay, so that's pretty much my hot take, and I'm tired. And 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 all I can say is, well, Black Twitter, you won again. Now, if you can get Donald Trump locked up for his actions, because Donald Trump did the exact same goddamn things. If you if we're gonna go there, let's do that. I'm gonna cut you out now. I'm gonna cut you out now. Okay, okay. Let's 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 stop, stop. Cause you went a little left there. So let's get off Trumpito. Let's get off Kevin Dodd. Um, Ishmael, <laughs> go ahead, sir. 
I think a lot of the anger that you're hearing from wow. some black men. Okay. I know some people, some women are kind of upset about that. They feel like men are deflecting. I think the big uh-huh. issue that's happening is that a lot of black men feel like they're being made to be the face of sexual assault. That's right. And I'm making a weird face. Go ahead. I noticed it a couple of years ago when, do you remember that street harassment campaign? Yes. Mm-hmm. Where the, I think it was a Jewish woman. She was walking down New York mm-hmm. Street mm-hmm. and men were coming up to her mm-hmm. and saying mm-hmm. stuff to her. Mm-hmm. I remember this. So what happened is you started seeing some of these Twitter activists that you mentioned saying black men need to learn how to be better, how to approach women mm-hmm. because it was all minorities that were approaching her. Mm-hmm. Turns out the reason it was all minorities is because they edited out all the white men that had been approaching her. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to construct a certain narrative okay. pertaining to black men. And that's mm-hmm. when I started noticing that. And that was a couple of years ago. And you constantly see articles where they're saying black men are the, the what is it, the white men of black people? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I read that like article. That. I read that article. Okay. okay. Calm down. Yes. <laughs> There's another article I saw okay. where it's a black woman where she wrote that black men are the terrorists of the black community. Wow. And that's that was in a mainstream publication. You okay. can Google that when we're done. Okay. So men are seeing that more and more black men. And they're becoming more and more defensive. Right. And that's where we're starting to see that divide and that problem. Everybody should agree that Cosby, he basically hung himself, mm-hmm. you know, by being mm-hmm. a rapist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think people are seeing a bigger picture where men, black men are being made to be the face of all types of sexual assault and deviant sexual behavior. And this is why I have said this. I've said this on Twitter and I'll say it right here on this podcast. OK, a lot of these black Twitter activists only care about black men when they're dead, when they're being shot down by police officers. Okay. These people, when they'll be the first ones, I remember it was Kimberly Foster years ago. Yeah. Kim Foster, Kim Foster, uh, wrote this long article on why she would not march for Eric Garner. God rest his soul. Okay. When he was murdered by the cops. Okay. And essentially, she said because black because black men wouldn't march for street and wouldn't march against street harassment and all this other type of stuff. Basically, the same, you know, in accusing black men mm-hmm. of being misogynist and everything else, she really displayed misandry, which mm-hmm. is hatred of men. She honestly and truly displayed her her hatred of men was showing in that particular instance. And a lot of these black activists, a lot of these black woman activists, mm-hmm. they will defend going going back to, go, yeah, I think it was on Crunk Feminist Collective or something like that. Yeah, I remember that article. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Let a woman speak now. Goddamn. <laughs> Lord. All right, I'm going to read something that Bob might talk about this morning. I didn't show this to you. Um, okay. uh, Amanda Seals retweeted it from someone else, and I posted it actually on the gram and Facebook today. So this is someone named uh, Creighton Lee, and she looks like it was on Twitter. She tweeted, black men will only discuss Cosby and his documented years of sexual abuse, trial and verdict to compare his treatment to that of white male predators. Let's be clear. They do not care about victims. They care about getting away with it like white men. Cough. And then she put at Tariq Nasheed. I don't know who that is. Probably some Twitter nigga. Okay. So Amanda Seals retweeted it, and then she put an asterisk saying too many black men. So not saying all, but too many. Now, I shared this with Bob, and Bob was like, 
This is why black women are activists on Twitter. Miss Andre, I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yo, girlfriend, 100% agrees with this. And I don't hate black men. Um, but this is very poignant to me as a woman. I, listen, I'm black every day. I'm a woman every day. Double, you know, doubly a minority, doubly underrepresented and have to deal with that in duly, you know, in my everyday interactions, right? So no one can ever tell me that I'm never looking at things through the lens of being black or when race has an impact on it, right? Mm -hmm. However, with this whole Cosby situation, like I told you, I don't know who Takahashi Coates is. I don't know who none of these Twitter niggas are, and I don't give a fuck, okay? Because I live outside of social media. So if you, and I told you, I was with my mom yesterday at the doctor with the nurse, and we actually happened to bring up Cosby. And my mom doesn't know who these people are, but she's like, you know, it's such a shame that he threw his legacy away, but it's he's well-deserving of going to jail Absolutely. for prison for his actions. Absolutely. And so to me, it we need to focus on that. I don't want any comparison to Weinstein got away with it. I don't give a fuck if he got away with it. Wrong is wrong. Okay? Wrong is wrong. And he got away with it. That doesn't mean a right. Doesn't mean like, oh, well, Cosby should get away with it. Why? He, he's a fucking creep. He's a creep, you know, and this, and we talked about this this morning. I mm-hmm. said the issue, I, like, how can we even remotely defend this? We're talking about all this high level prime sky shit. Look at what he's accused of. Okay? You have 40, 50 women who don't know each other, accusing this man of drugging them into like a, like a corpse-like state to sexually assault them. Mm-hmm. That is some deviant, predatory, crazy shit. It absolutely okay? is. Mm-hmm. And ha- absolutely. What, what is there to defend? Okay? So if, you know, because half the time, even people in my family, women in my family are saying, all those women are telling the truth. Some of them are lying. I said, look, I don't give a fuck if one of them bitches told the truth. Mm-hmm. One is too many. Okay, and I'm sure it was more than one. All right. So why are we focusing on the liars, quote unquote, and as opposed to the actual fact that it smokes like a duck, quacks like a duck, all the shit. This thing is a duck. He's clearly a sexual predator. And you can't say that. Oh, why did it take so long? Look at how much flack you're giving these women 50 years later. What do you think you want to do 40 years ago? You would never when he's at his height. You never would have listened to them. And then on top of them, on top of it. The, the 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 bizarre part of his crime is that a lot of these women probably willingly would have given up the goods. Okay, sure. they probably willingly because like, well, why did you go back with him? Da, da, da. Yeah, they probably was going to give him that fucking pussy. Okay, maybe they were, but when you drug me and I wake up and don't know what the fuck is going on, you you change the game, you change right. the equation. There's no agency now. I have no idea what transpired. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. He also created this weird thing where it's like, okay, women are going to be questioned because, like, you went there and maybe you did have the intention to sleep with him. They're like, well, why are you going to complain since you were going to? Because you can't drug people and then do what the fuck you want to do. There has to be consent. There has to be my agency. I don't. I said this, and I said, I said, Ishmael, if someone drug you, were going to sleep with a girl, but she drugged you, and the next morning your booty hurts. You would hope she paid you because she could have done worse. Right. She could have done worse. Okay. You don't even know because you're not lucid. Mm-hmm. Right. So we are so focusing on what Twitter niggas said and, and what Hannibal Buress said and all the shit. Why don't we focus on this fucking predatory shit? Can we not focus on the issue at hand that he actually did this? And yes, it, it's, it's a shame. You know, it, it, it puts such a blemish on so many things he did. But at the end of the day, this nigga did it to himself. 
So I'm not going to feel bad about it. And you shouldn't be defending him. You should be like, well, I'm not like that. And so he, he made his bed. And that's it. And that's it. Like, that's the argument done, as my mom would say. Argument done. That's it. That makes sense. But the reason we have so many circular arguments, especially when you're talking about activists and things along those mm-hmm. lines, they don't isolate it to just Bill Cosby and say, mm-hmm. okay, he's a rapist. Mm-hmm. He needs to be in prison. Mm-hmm. An example of what might happen would be somebody might say, Bill Cosby is a perfect example of why black men blah, blah, blah. And then that's how these arguments start. And then the men will get defensive, women will get defensive. And then you have these arguments going back and forth 24-7. But mm-hmm. I don't, like I said, Twitter's not real life, okay? So I don't give a fuck what y'all think the niggas, Twitter niggas do. Are you paying my mortgage? No. Are you paying my rent? No. So you're irrelevant to me. All I care about is the facts of this situation. It's sad. You know, and it's sad he's 80-something years old. People are going to feel empathy because he's old. But you know what? Look, you did the crime, sir. You got to do this time. And to me, it's like, OJ, like, why, why would I have a defend? What is there to defend? He's a fucking murderer. He's a fucking murderer. We really had a big connection to the like that, so it wasn't really a catharsis for me. So yeah. He's guilty and it's going to be a bigger discussion always because nobody likes to isolate things to that particular situation. So, But why? Even- why not? This is literally the situation at hand. It's literally because the situation it's I had. Because it's not that simple. Nigga, it is this simple. It is not that simple. And I'll tell you why. What, you just, what she just put on uh, the Instagram post, she didn't just put it to Cosby. She put it to black men. generalized black every single black man in America that basically said, she basically called every black man in America a sexual, a potential sexual predator. She did not say that at all. She didn't. That was even implied. <laughs> that was not even implied. That wasn't implied. She said, y'all are worried about getting away with it like white men. That's what she said. And then Amanda Silva put an asterisk and said, too many black men. Okay? Too many, right? Yes. So the majority of us are sexual predators. She said, exactly. what are you getting sexual predators from this? She said, you care about getting away with it like white men. Doesn't mean that you're actually doing it. You care about getting away with it? Yes, because you don't care. No, you don't care about the victims. That right? makes you a sociopath. Because you're defending Cosby. Nobody defending is defending Cosby. Nigga, y'all are defending him. No, we're not. We are not defending Cosby. Don't use Cosby to try and paint a picture of black men being unsympathetic to victims and being rapists. That's exactly right. And that's where the argument The argument is about Cosby. The argument's about Cosby. Oh, you know, why is he doing? You were listening to something this morning and it was or yesterday. And they were like, oh, look at this. And they're talking about Weinstein. And I'm like, oh, my God, look. It was a clip of D.L. Hughley. Another hotep. Anyway, <laughs> oh, um, whatever. You know, listen, I love black men. I love my daddy. OK, mm-hmm. unlike y'all. Oh, OK, I'm about to be so See, problematic right now. I'm about to be problematic. <laughs> you know, I'm not afflicted with what people have, you know, stereotyped to the community. That I come from a broken family. No, I know my daddy, and I talk to him almost every day. And actually, all three of us—we're—we all know our, we know our fathers. They're not absent. Yeah, you know, That's come right. on. You know, people have these things. No, people know them. No, I—I I have my uncles, my grandfather. I don't have not a problem with black men. And there's a, it's, it's, it, this is, and honestly, the black, like I said, the black part is the racial part. It's not it fully it. It's like, you guys, we happen to be talking about a black man, so it's black men in the subset, but it's really a gender issue for me. It's mm-hmm. like, how can you defend him on the guise of rape, of race, when he is clearly a sexual predator? You know, and that's the whole thing. It's like, don't don't use race in this, that, oh, comparing it to whites
a fucking creep and a, and a predator. And I, you, you can't defend that. You just can't defend that. Now, do you think we defended Cosby at any point? Said he doesn't need to be in jail. He's innocent. Anything along those lines. I mean, by default, like y'all sound wild if you didn't say otherwise. So right. it's like you you have to say yet, I mean, right? Do you believe us? Do you believe um, that we don't support Cosby? Think he needs to be in jail? I don't know your heart. Oh man! I don't know your Good hearts. lord! That hurts. That hurts. I don't know your hearts. No, that come on. You, no, you know our hearts. You I, know our hearts. We we I, I I just basically told you mine. Okay, where I had a serious, I, I mean, I've got a problem. I've got a lot of cognitive dissonance going on right now in differentiating between Cliff Huxtable, mm-hmm. the character that he played on television for so many years, the guy who got all of the accolades, all of the degree, honorary degrees and everything else. I am having trouble different. The guy who basically was black representative. No, it's, no, it's not just that. It's not just that. Let me tell you. Let me tell you another reason why. Go ahead. Okay, this is what I tweeted a couple days ago. Okay. Okay. Bill Cosby mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. black representation mm-hmm. in movies, mm-hmm. in on television, mm-hmm. on stage and comedy. Mm-hmm. Okay, and mm-hmm. everything else. He was black representation before it became something, before it became a goddamn hashtag on Twitter. Okay? He was black representation before fucking Black Panther. Okay? So, so to deal with that, to have to go through that, to go through this cognitive dissonance of someone who you respected that facade of a man that you respected for so long mm-hmm. to now know that this man is a sexual predator is a sexual deviant. Okay. So we had to take a brief pause from preacher Bob while my sister Brooklyn. Hey, Hey y'all came in. Okay. So, um, we talked about, about Bill Cosby, whatever. Let's go to the next problematic Negro. Um, Mr. R. Kelly, Robert Kelly. All right. So all this defense, I feel, of Mr. Cosby, how do you brothers feel about Mr. Robert Kelly? Personally or artistic-wise? Whatever you want to say. Well, obviously, he's a partner. Mm-hmm. And he's also probably one of the most influential R&B artists we've had in the last, what, 25 years? So... As someone who's a music journalist, mm-hmm. uh, my take on it is I have no problem with people who don't want to support him based mm-hmm. on his history from Aaliyah mm-hmm. to currently. Mm-hmm. For people who do want to support him or still listen to his music, I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. I think the big ironic thing is, you know, a lot of black men have been getting pushed back on this. What do we think about R. Kelly? You go to R. Kelly concert, how many black men do you see there? True. It's mostly so women. So it's mostly mm-hmm. women that have to kind of come to terms with what's to be done about R. Kelly as far as whether they want to support him or not. I don't really think it's a man issue because of his particular style of music. So, okay, first of all, we don't know if the men bought the tickets, okay? They could have had the dollars behind it, okay? Um, This black woman has no love for R. Kelly, and I didn't even have it as a kid. Something about him was always weird to me, honestly. And then the Aliyah thing came out. He was... He was always creepy. You remind me of my Jeep. I want to write. It was just weird. I always found him to be kind of weird. The song is fine, but his his energy was. He had a like. Yes, you you're the gym teacher. Like you're the creepy gym teacher guy. Like he always had that vibe. 
Um, look, sh- sorry, shout out to all the gym teachers, but um, male gym teachers don't have a good reputation. And I can think of my personal life. Do you remember when we were little in Brooklyn? Okay, you're just telling governments out here, but it's fine. Yes, they were. They were, and then even in high school in Jersey, same thing. Um, actually, a couple of gym teachers got convicted <laughs> at my high school. Yes, a couple before I got there and after there, um, and they were black men, which is fucked up because I didn't grow up in a, like a black town. And like the one little teacher they gave a fucking job to was a black man. The one was the year before I came in. He got in trouble for sleeping with some white girls. And then after I left, the guy knew he was fucked up. Same thing. But anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, R. Kelly had that creepy gym teacher man vibe. Like he he liked young girls. He always did. Even when I was a young girl, I thought so. I just never understood why we were willing to turn a blind eye to that, especially when it was Aaliyah. You know, Aaliyah was pretty much open right there out front. This chick was 15, I believe, at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was like a little, oh, my gosh. And her parents annulled it. But we just kept it moving. But her parents, it was also denial, though. Right. I think it's different because it became like the media broke it. But her family, no, they just were quiet. So the media, I think it was the source that somebody put the marriage certificate in in a, in a period. Vibe magazine. It was Vibe, okay. Yeah. And so you saw it. And then people, you know, till this day, people question fake news or not. So it was like, okay, is this real or is it not real? And then they never said anything. You just saw her distance herself, right? And she continued with her, and she ne- they never spoke anything of it, right? So I think because there was no one really pushing it, um, people were like, well, this could be a, you know, a doctor document, blah, 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 blah. But then fast forward to like the early two thousands, you know, I want to piss on you. Pissy R. Kelly came out with the videotape. Um, and people, what, isn't there a boondocks episode about that? And there was like, niggas love R. Kelly. Yeah. Don't matter if niggas yeah. love R. Kelly. <laughs> and it's true. It's true. Like, it, it, and it's, it's, bizarre i you're you're right i will agree black women it's not all of them but a lot are problematic in terms of supporting our i don't get it i don't get it well r kelly i mean again like uh, if i was saying very influential when it comes to Mm r&b one of the one probably one of the greatest voices in r&b of all time i don't i don't agree with that but go ahead i mean i'm saying that next to whitney houston i okay okay Okay, go ahead. Listen, I'm gonna let that go. I, I'm gonna let go. Go I, ahead. Separating. You know, no, 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 no. I actually don't. You know who has the best male voice? Oh. Hot take. Um, Stokely Carmichael from Main Condition. He has a. If you actually know him, the lead singer. He has an amazing Stokely from Main Condition. An amazing voice. If you put it to the. It's not about the. It's not about the body of work. You just are talent. dating yourself. Suck my dick from the back. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> this. Is he has he has yeah they have but his voice is it's it's his talent is unparalleled he just never got the shine all right so that's why I'm like are you that said Mm -hmm. and see I will I do have another another confession Mm -hmm. Uh, R R Kelly step in the name of love is the only dance that I can actually do without any problem (laughs) I can't dance for shit but I I can dance to that song. But anyway. I, I do happen to love that the remix, yes. I, I'll give it to something in love. I'll give it to him now. But anyway. You know, this is fun stuff. Go ahead. I cannot. I can't I can't get with him. He's talented. No, there's no argument about it. R. Kelly is talented, but that nigga is twisted. Yes. That's right. And the fact that everybody was willing to turn a blind eye to that because he could drop some good songs. He was a great writer. I mean, he's even written hits for Maxwell. You know, he is right. talented. 
But no, he was straight up predatory. He was going to that high school in Chicago, yeah. hanging out in the parking lot. Right. I don't care who you are, right. nigga. Why are you here? Right. Right. Were you here to give a singing lesson to the right. to the school choir? No, you there picking up chicks. And the fact that the the admin, yeah. Let that slide because, oh, he's R. Kelly and he's one of us and he came up from it. No, he was still a predator and that was not okay. Not even that, but it was also the parents. Yes. Yeah. The parents yes. of some yeah. of these, of, of some these, of these teenagers yeah. who were like, well, it's R. Kelly, so, you know, everything's going to be okay. They didn't learn yeah, from Marvin Gaye? No, no. What? Yeah, I'm doing Marvin Gaye was a pedophile too. Get out of here, really? Yeah, you're not I didn't know that. that. Well, so was Elvis Presley. Priscilla was like 13 or something. So let's say that. Priscilla was also 13. Yeah. Um, I mean, there is something outside of this where I do find like very talented people tend to be very tortured. Yeah. Sick. You know, very sick. And so I'm definitely, I would never defend our colleagues. He's trash. Um, I would never, you know, I, I just can't. I do think, you know, I question the, the girls now, like your parents, there's been so much evidence. Why would you let your, you know, you think he's going to start your child's career? <laughs> you just to me, it's just like you are basically giving your child up in like sex slavery. Yes, like that's weird to me. Why you would even do that? Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know, but the one thing actually, I do want to segue from this same thing about R. Kelly. A lot of the times, I mentioned when the first videos came out with him pissing on the underage girls. Um, I remember a lot of people. The conversation was like, "Oh, well, those girls are fast. They knew what they were doing." And there is something in the black community of women, especially saying that, oh, she's 14. When I was 14, I wouldn't have done that. They knew. They, I knew fast girls like that when I was going to school. And I just think that there is something within the Black community where, especially with girls... It is always, the blame is always put on the female. Yeah. Regardless like, of the age. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't understand either, Gwen, why the blame is not squarely put where, where it's belongs. Yeah. No matter right, wrong, or indifferent, it always ends up on the female. Yeah. It's like that, you know, these girls were quote unquote fast, uh, you know, and look at, look at their bodies. They knew, first of all, children can't help how they develop, right? Exactly. Puberty right. is what it is, right? Yeah. you can't, you can be very shapely from when you're very young age, you can be eight and nine years old and be very shapely. Right. So, um, and, and it's not about being fast. And in fact, he's still the adult in the situation. Thank you. He's the adult. So there's something within black women in the black community. I have seen it so many times where, um, you know, I'm going to give, you know, and this is kind of go a little bit a crazy story, but then I'll come out. Um, someone I know, and I'm not going to get into, you know, definitely not. Someone I know um, had like a history of abuse in their family, like incest and stuff like that. Right. And there was like an uncle that the moms and aunts used to, to, to warn the kids to stay away from, or when he would come over, make sure you lock yourself in the room so that he can't, you can't get out there. Right. And these are kids who are like eight, nine, ten. So, well, you know, kids get, you know, curious, you know, that. so I think one of the girls, you know, went outside the room or not and then get, got molested. And then the family members, the, the women were like, we told you not to leave the room. You should have known better. Than that. And I'm just like, why do you let him in your house? Why would you let him in the house? But then why is it the child's place to police the adult? Agreed. That's right. You know, so um, that is something I've noticed. And I don't know what that stems from in the black community. But it, it's a lot of time, it's like as a girl, as a female child, you're not allowed to be a child. You're already assuming the responsibility of adult decisions from when you're a small child. And it doesn't apply to boys, though, but it's definitely to girls. It's a very 
interesting thing in the black community. And I don't care if you're African-American, if you're from the Caribbean or West Indian, you're African. It's something with pervasive in our community where the girl was fast and, 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 and there's a lot of adult expectations put on girls like children. So, uh, and that's why I also think that's another reason why R. Kelly gets away with it because people think that the girls are fast. That's a good point because now that I think about it, think about the music Aaliyah was putting out when she mm-hmm. was 15 years old, even mm-hmm. though R. Kelly was writing it. Mm-hmm. It was music that you would expect from a grown woman. Yes. yes. And yes. I mean, if you think about Monica, I remember she was really young when she first yes, came out. That's just one of them days. She yeah. was 14. And yeah. there was a big hoopla. Oh, she sounds so mature. Yada, yeah. yada, yada. Like, you have to make music beyond your age, yeah. so to speak. So where does that come from? That's a good question. Do you think it might be just because women can give birth? That's why these standards are harder on them, even though it shouldn't be? And that they're the ones that would have to be stuck with the child no matter what? That's a good point i i just i think it's a couple of things i'll say i from things i know like uh aretha franklin i believe had her first child at 14 that's right and um i think even oprah will tell you that she was like molested or something by like a family member and i don't know if she got pregnant or something when she was 14 too something like that, that, that too and so i think in the black community there is a lot of abuse and i you know let me Take that back. In all communities, there is there. Let's keep it real. It's it, it's prevalent in all communities, but the way and and generally it's because it's so taboo. People don't know how to handle it. In the Latino community, it's very prevalent too. So and in a lot of Asian communities, yeah, everyone has it. But I think a lot of times because people don't put the onus on men for being predators, it becomes oh the girl you did. This comes back to the R. Kelly thing. What did you do? Were you leading him on? Were you fast? So a lot of times people always question the woman first and and the girls first before they actually point the finger at a man. So like my mom will tell me stories of, you know, my my parents are like in their seventies, right? Um, growing up, you know, poor third world country, we're not, and like the preachers were like the the pastors, like the you know, the highest person in the community, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of times the pastors were like having relationships with like young girls and getting them pregnant. But if the girls were, and a lot of times it was because the guys were like raping them, but no one would ever look at, he's such a pillar of the community. It must've been you, you fast girl. So it will, they will look, they won't blame the adult man who's impregnating a bunch of young girls, but it's actually because he's such a pillar of the community that it must've been the fast girl. The blame goes to the girl. So I see that. So when I think of like Aretha Franklin or Oprah and stuff like that, a lot of times people don't believe women. They just don't. They don't believe girls. It's always that you did something wrong or you did something to provoke it um, because the guy would never do such a thing. And that's the Cosby. I think that's one of, unfortunately, the tragedies of being a patriarchal society. Yeah. The sad part, though, is that the females in this patriarchal society have internalized that. Yes. And, uh, you know, just steadily passing it on one generation to the next. Yes, 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 absolutely. You know, because I showed you, I showed Bob uh, a meme um, that said 40 men can call a woman a hoe and everyone believes it. But 40 women can say a man's a rapist and it's questionable. And he argued me down. But to me, it's true. If 40 dudes say a girl's a hoe, that bitch is a hoe. Okay. But 40 women question and say a man's a rapist. Some of y'all got to be lying. He couldn't rape 40 of y'all. I see what you're saying. I think the difference is being a hoe is a crime. Doesn't get changed at all. Well, okay, prostitution is a crime. Prostitution is. But go ahead. Prostitution is a crime. I mean a hoe in general, just reckless sexual behavior. 
Okay. Of course, being a rapist, you should be in prison. That has to be mm -hmm. prosecuted. So there has to be some type of evidence. Mm -hmm. So then we always have that tough part about should we believe the woman or anybody that's being accused of rape? Mm -hmm. Should it be a believed off top or should we wait for proof thing that's going to be something that goes to court? See, I would challenge that perspective because then why is it okay or considered even acceptable for one dude to go and spread his seed everywhere, mm -hmm. dip it in any dark hole that's available, mm. but a female can't do that? It shouldn't be acceptable. You know, I totally agree with that. I know we call men dogs. I know it doesn't have the same type of no, sting that it does. It does not. Right. No. But I don't think any man that has a bunch of children he's not taken care of is looked at as some type of hero or somebody that should be revered. Yeah, but they blame the women. Why'd you have a baby with him? You knew he had, but he knew he had ten other babies with ten other women. Why'd you lay down with him? The stigma goes more to the woman than the man. It always does. That's true. And that goes back to the patriarchal society. Yeah. Bob, do you have a comment? <laughs> you don't have to. Tell them why you mad, son. <laughs> Go ahead. I think the problem is, like we were talking about before I um, went to work yesterday, before I had to leave, um, the issue is that there is, in, in our society, there is innocent until proven guilty, okay? At least that's the way it's supposed to work, all right? So when someone, and maybe this is a bit of internalized patriarchy, I don't know, but when someone just says, oh, I believe this person right off the top of their head, okay, without looking at any proof, without looking at any evidence, the accused person then becomes guilty before they're proven innocent. And that is, that's the conundrum. I'm not, I'm not subscribing to that belief. But I'm saying that is a, that's kind of the problem in which you you know in, in which society you know kind of lies right now. Like I at said, least that's at least that's that that's a perspective that I've come across. But I know. But what I told you in response to that is that only I think believe one to three percent of sexual assaults are falsely are are like false accusations. Like it's a very mm -hmm. low percentage of sexual assaults that are actually false accusations. So if say we rounded that up to 5% for argument's sake, then I have to be honest, why is it so hard for us to believe people? You know, and I'm not saying blindly, right? But in a case like Bill Cosby, where it's not just a one-on-one -on -one he said, she said, it's scores of women. And it was known, it was known throughout the industry that he was a predator. Yeah. So, like, why does it, like, well, let's see what happens when he goes to court. Let's not worry about the court of public opinion. Like, how many women does it have to take? Because it's like, oh, no, no, all 60 of them are lying. Like, just let's be realistic. How feasible is it that 50 strangers can come up with similar stories? Right. Like, why is that? Why? Exactly. You know, and, and, and the other thing, and, and listen, I told you I had this argument with our family members uh, in the summer when mom was in the hospital and I was on their, in their asses. Okay. Because, and there were women, it was our auntie saying it. And I was like, no, you're wrong. They're like, well, women lie. And I don't want to, I said, well, look, say half of them lie. Half of them telling the truth. It still happens. It's still, that's still six, 30 people. Yeah. It's that's still 30 still people. 30 so why are you focusing on the alleged liars when it probably isn't that, even that many, right? You're focusing on that, the alleged lies opposed to his crime. It, it, it's, sick. So look, I'm not saying guilty, but I have to say, like I said, very few people do it, okay? Um, and 
when you have such an egregious amount something like that, like at what point do we say, let's be, you know, it walks like a duck. Like what, how, what does it fucking take? What does it fucking take? I don't know too many people personally that suicide because I've seen it before online with what you're talking about. Some people still depend. Um, the only other wrinkle I can think to add to this would be when it concerns men, particularly black men. Mm-hmm. We know the history in this country of false accusations, which would actually get black men lynched right. and castrated. Right. I think a little bit of that plays into it, I think, psychologically. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, you know, when you have, I would say, even just five women coming across saying the same story. Mm-hmm it pretty much almost confirms that that person, something is going on. Something has to be going on. Right. Something. Yeah. Like how can we turn a blind eye? I don't know. I'm like this. Oh, they're like, Oh, I, you know, I've seen stuff on, you know, all these people are conspiracy theory, Twitter, nigga, you dumbasses. Oh, it's cause cause we wanted to buy NBC. So they railroaded him. I was like, y'all watch too much fucking television. Y'all watch too many fucking movies and you're smoking too much weed. Okay. And doing too much K2. This, no, 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 no. But anyway, you know, listen, Wayne gets very, you know, passionate about this. I think we can talk about this forever. The last thing, you know, we had stuff. I'm going to skip over the last thing because this episode is getting long and we're about to record another one. Um, I didn't show this to you. But I showed you... Um, uh, ah, I didn't. I didn't show it to you. Actually, I'll show... Okay, I know what it is now. But, you know, Gwen's listening. Gwen's mind don't always be together. All right. So I showed Ishmael and Bob has seen a video uh, Jesus and Miro had of um, a dollar van in Brooklyn. Okay? It was funny. Girl, they still got they still got dollar van. But they don't cost a dollar now. They don't cost a dollar. They're like three dollars now. Okay? That's still a pretty good one. That's still a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got the dollar van in Brooklyn. Okay? And um, it's I'll show you the video after, but it's, it's funny as shit. Um, where the dollar man, I don't know what he's doing. He goes out of control. He's driving, and the people in the in the car and the in the van are like, "Yo, yo, chill, 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 chill. You can't like, you know, stop, stop, stop." So finally, he stops, and then he runs off. All right. So at one point, they call the police. Um, they call the police, and you know, to to, to look for the, the driver to tell what happens. And then the police come over, and. They they pick up a random little boy off the street and they try to like arrest him like they like give your ID give your ID right so the people who were in the van the twenty people are like yo that's that's not him that's not him and and they're like and so the guy's like yo why are you you know they're like you shouldn't be checking for his ID and so the the kid is like why are you he's like I was just walking why are you checking for my ID he's like how am I supposed to know it's not you he's like the twenty people behind you say it's not me that's how you know right <laughs> so. So the, the people are like, no, it's not him, it's not him, right? And they're like, well, where did he go? And they all point to like the direction, right? <laughs> I already have issues with this storyline because I have serious concerns if that is the type of police officer we have in our community with the clearly below average IQ. True. Because if somebody runs off, why would he still be squatting in the area? Yeah, walking around with his headphones on. Exactly. <laughs> Like, did we even think this through? That's what I said, okay? But I want to put, I, I, I probably went too quick on that video why I'm talking about that video. So this is what I wanted to show you. This is um, a tweet that I saw, and I shared it with Bob, and we have very different opinions on this, okay? So uh, I'll read it to you and I'll show it to you. So it was a tweet from some guy called Blazin Bajan, and he says, I'm a black cop on the scene of a shooting one night, 
using a flashlight to look for bullet casings between houses to collect his evidence. Dispatch gets a call of a suspicious-looking black male in quote-unquote police clothes using a flashlight to look into people's houses. Hashtag living while black. Okay? So when I sent that to Bob, Bob, what was your response to that? I put it on my Facebook page. You sure did. And I said, and I said this, I don't believe that story. Why? I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. And why don't you believe it? It's too outlandish. He said it's too outlandish. Okay. It's too outlandish. I do not believe that story. I still don't. I, I, I stand by that. <laughs> I'm giving up my mic. Y'all talk. <laughs> Y'all talk. How? I've always subscribed to this. If a lie is big enough and told often enough, people will believe it. And quite frankly, that this story to me is just way it's it's just one of those stories is just like totally over the top. So totally over the top. If you had not seen uh, Philando Castile's murder, if it had not been recorded, you wouldn't have believed that story. Because there are many cases of, of fatal contacts with the police. I would I would believe that story. Unfortunately, this is just there's something about this that just doesn't sit well with me. I don't know what it is. I can't really explain it, but there's something about that that just, yeah, it's just something about this story that just doesn't sit well with me. That's all I'm saying. Now, in the era of Russian bots and all that, you do have to acknowledge anything can be put on the internet, but I'm going to put anything past white fear. So that doesn't sound exactly outlandish to me. Exactly. I, so the reason why I showed the video of the dollar fan, okay, <laughs> is because if someone told you that story, it would be outlandish as fuck. That's what I said. I said, that's not, that sounds crazy. How could it be that a group of people are in this dollar van, okay? They call the police, and then they're yelling, the police pick a random boy off the street, and they're telling police that's not him. And he t- literally says, and it's on tape, how I know it's not you. And they're like, the 20 people saying it's not me. That sounds like a joke. It just sounds like a joke. Like, that can't be real. That, to me, is outlandish, but it's true. And you saw it. So to me, it becomes like I there's nothing outlandish about this. And I said, you know, look, people do lie. You're right. But I will say Twitter is also let me tell you, all y'all Twitter niggas can work for the FBI, because if you want to find <laughs> out, if you want to find something out, you post that shit on Twitter, they will find out. So if this were fake, we would already be hearing that the guy was lying and it was fake. Da, da, da. But you and know I, what? I have to say that while I am very surprised at your response, Bob, I feel like I shouldn't be because prior to social media, mm-hmm. prior to cameras in your smartphones, prior to Facebook Live, shit like that happened all the time and nobody believed it. Right. Shit like Philando Castile happened all the time and nobody believed it until they actually saw it for themselves. Oh, okay, but I have to say this. Did nobody believe it or did white people not believe it? Okay? Because black people, we knew it was going True. on. Okay? We knew it was going on. So who didn't believe it? Because if you have a black son and you you have a black son and he's young, he's baby now, right? But at some point in the next few years, you're going to have to teach him how to behave, how to interact in certain situations, especially when you grow up in a non-predominantly black neighborhood. You're going to have to teach your son to listen just because little just because little, you know, what a storm or whatever little Blake is doing that doesn't yep. mean that you can behave the same way he does. We already it, have those talks. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. He's five and you're having those conversations. And it, it honestly, it, it's a very sobering part of being a parent in America because, you know, like we'll go to the pool mm-hmm. and Peanut has always been, he, 
he attracts the ladies. Yeah, he's very cute. My nephew's adorable. Even the white moms, they flock to him. And I look at them and, you know, while I appreciate how much they, you know, they they enjoy my son, Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, it's going to only be a matter of time before that admiration turns into fear, where you're clutching your bags when he even makes eye contact with you. Mm -hmm. And it pisses me off. Yeah. I hate it. Mm -hmm. So, Bob... My experience as a black man is much, much different than than from other people. And this is what kind of makes I was I was talking about this with Gwen a few days ago, where I feel like a bit of a unicorn when it comes to I have very rarely had, if any, I've had very rarely any contact with the police at all. Um, Whatever contact I have had with the cops have been rather favorable um, there, I just haven't had any issues with that. So it's been hard for me as a black man really to relate to someone whose experiences are much different than mine. You know, we were, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that racism doesn't exist. I'm not saying that it's not a, that's not a reality that people experience on a daily basis. But, and I'm not even going to say that I've never experienced like the occasional microaggression. You know what I'm saying? I've experienced those, but I just kind of flick them off and just keep going. Like, I don't let it bother me. So this is my thing. Just because something has not happened to you, does that mean now you diminish or devalue or dismiss the experiences of of others? No. Right? Just because it hasn't happened to you doesn't mean that it cannot happen to others or what other people are saying is not accurate. So this, you know, this is where I take issue with, to me, you dismissing this 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 tweet. Yes, it could be fake, but but it's very plausible. It's so plausible, and I've told you the reason why it's plausible to me is that oftentimes when I go into a meeting, you know, and I don't Gwen doesn't talk about her job here, right? Okay, but when I go into a meeting, there have been times where I have had someone shadowing me, like a, a white woman shadowing me, and I've met with an executive who's just trying to learn from me. That's why she's in the meeting, and then the executive meets with us and it ignores me and talks to her because she's supposed to be the authority, right? It's because this tweet is not outlandish to me because the fact is that the reason why they would call the police is that because you don't envision a black man being a police officer. What you envision in your mind is a white person. Therefore, if I see you as a black man, you're in a police outfit, But you're not a police officer. So the same way is that in this meeting that you're meeting with me and the invitation to meet with me is that you see this woman who's with me. All right. But before we can do interest, you're totally dismissing me and deferring to her for answers when she don't know shit, when she's here for me, when I'm the one who's the expert. All right. And that's because I'm supposed to be the help. Do any times people have said to me, Oh, can you set up this meeting? Da, da, da. I was like, I'm not, an, I'm not a secretary. I'm not an assistant. I, no, I, I can't. No, I can't. I'm not. Oh, okay. Like people automatically see you as a black person and they'll think that you're in some type of subservient, submissive role, you know? And a lot of times, if you look at across corporations, if you look at the way they're structured, the black people are in lower level roles. That's true. So that is also because that's what they're accustomed to seeing. So if your interactions with black people is that you're the cash register person or you're doing, you know, menial jobs or low paying jobs, you're the housekeeper. Yeah, you then 
I don't see you in a position of authority like a police officer. So if I see you, it's such it's such a cognitive dissonance that I think, well, that must be a damn Halloween costume. This nigga out here trying to, you know, look around and try to do something. So it's not, I, I, you know, to me, it's the fact that it's, you could say it's outlandish is it's just mind-boggling to me. I just, I mean, I live in a different world. No, you don't. Um, Sorry. I, 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 go, go, go. Go, guys, go. Sorry. In, <laughs> Sorry. In, in, Talk, I'm sorry. <laughs> now I'm starting to feel a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Gwen is an asshole, and if you guys have not known that, I'm sorry. <laughs> you grew up in that major city. I did. How do you not have, and honestly, maybe that's why, because I didn't start having very questionable interactions with Caucasians until I moved into a bumblefuck location. Thank you. And that's what I said to you too. I said, you know what's actually the nuance here? Sometimes when you grow up all of, in black communities, predominantly black communities, you don't oh, have cosmopolitan community. or very much, you know, yeah, fine. You don't necessarily have a lot of interaction with white people or you, you may not, or you may not even have, and if you've been able to luckily stay out of trouble, you haven't had interaction with, you know, police. Okay. But I have like grown up with white people so deeply and so co- closely, and I've told you, you know, I told you stories about the when I've gotten pulled out of a car, you know, by a police officer yeah, in, in a very, you know, pr- you know, a very um, affluent area, um, and you know, because it's like you don't belong here, you know, it's like you don't, be- you know, they look at you like you don't belong, so something must be wrong. Me so and my ex actually were followed. Mm-hmm. Going to daddy's house, mm-hmm. you know, the regular off of route one, yeah. you know, the regular mm-hmm. route. Mm-hmm. And we were followed by that township's police. Right. So much so he was trying to get up on a soul close that we ended up having to, we, we, we stopped short at a stop sign mm-hmm. and he damn near ended us. Right. Pulled us over in front of daddy's house. Wow. Where are you going? Here. Right here, sir. Didn't believe us. Like, literally watched me walk up to the door, put the key, mm-hmm. and get into my father's house before right. they would move. Right. Yeah. So, like, this isn't, that's why for me, and it's not foreign because we're, you know, we're, you know, hood chicks. No, it's not. It's just going home that they're like, wait, you live here? Yeah. My, I, you know, my dad, I remember my mom, I, I told us, I actually probably didn't even know this. Mommy, one time, was coming home from work and my mom's not a great driver, okay? She's not a great driver. And she was tired because she's worked nice. And she accidentally reversed and like hit like two neighbors' cars. Okay. Mm-hmm. She like reversed down, like hit two neighbors' cars. Mm-hmm. So they called the police because you know it was it was like after midnight or something, or not. And so she went in and asked my my dad, woke my dad up, and he came and he was sitting on the curb, like waiting for the police to come. Mm-hmm. So the police come and in the place or my parents now have lived there almost 30 years, right? They come and they're telling the story. And the police doesn't believe that it was my mom. They think it's my dad who was driving. They think he's drunk. He just woke up out of his bed because his wife did it. They think they, they, but they think, no, it's a lie. He's drunk. So they start to get up and my dad's like, what are you talking about? I live here. And they're like, get up, sir. And do this and, you know, and walk in a line. And I'm like outside of his fucking house. And my dad's like, well, do I want to be alive or what? So he doesn't because he doesn't want to get killed out front of his house. So... I remember, remember they were telling us stories about when daddy would go pick her up from work mm-hmm. and how the police would pretty much follow yes. all the way yes. across town Yeah, because, well, we're not supposed to be there. So 
you can't say that this is a different okay fine because this is again this is not no hood life this is like this is different in suburbs this there's no monolithic black experience we don't all go through the same things right but it's not i can't be like this nigga lying or this 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 is some it's not outrageous it's just like this is like everyday shit this is everyday shit you know and i don't know you know, to me, it's like at this point we have videotape and da-da. at this point you want to have to have fingerprints and two forms of ID for people to fucking believe you. Like, it's like, I don't know what it takes at this point for people to believe us. I just don't know. And then for you as a black man, to me, it's disappointing. Anybody got to say? Sorry. That sums it up pretty much perfectly. Like I was saying earlier, I don't put anything past white fear and white supremacy. So no scenario is too outlandish for me to believe. Well, it's quiet and it's a long episode. <laughs> Bob, do you have anything else to say? Because we about to end on this note. So, this is power what, to the people. This is what? what? I, Go ahead. This is what I have to say. Go ahead, Bob. In my particular capacity, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. I have been in mostly mostly black spaces and where supervision and management have all been people of color. Mm-hmm. Have been mostly people of color. I I haven't. I mean, I just don't know. So these pe- black life, people, my, but okay, Bob, these black people, different. fuck that. The black people that you're around, they don't tell you nothing. No, right? it doesn't have to happen to you. That means what are you talking about? Y'all not talking about nothing because it happens to people. So if you're around black people, so the black people you tell me, so the black people you hang out to, none of this ever happened to them. Their sons, their daughters, their friend, nothing. No one says anything to me about. It. I have not had anybody except for y'all in this room. Tell me about their about the about their experiences. Maybe because they you see them about you know okay you about to go maybe because they think that the way you believe the way you come across that you would be dismissive so there's no point in saying it maybe they don't want to say anything because maybe they think that you poo poo it so what's the point of me saying it I don't I don't know okay I don't know that that's the truth but okay okay so it's so the first time you're hearing. Real life people outside of hashtags on Twitter and social media talk about interactions, negative interactions with the police are in this room. Pretty much. I mean, I've seen and heard other, I mean, I've, I've seen and heard from different. Uh, you are a unicorn. <laughs> I know. I know I am. I know I am. So. <laughs> This could be a good targeting thing. There's a lot of incidents. Everybody has to start something like that. So, okay. I have to ask this. Do you think that you've never experienced this or have you chosen to overlook it? Okay? Because that's a different thing, too. Because a lot of Black people, like Condoleezza Rice, will say that she grew up in the South in like the 50s, but I never experienced any racism. I just lived in my... Bitch, who you you fooling? She said that, okay? And I'm not calling you Condoleezza Rice, but I'm just saying, um, do you think that you just dismissed it or it just went over your head? Maybe you didn't pay attention. Maybe you just thought it was like, "Mm, maybe they're just doing their job and you didn't equate it with that, but it still could have had that type of connotation. No, I've just never really had any bad experiences with the cops. Sure, I haven't. Go ahead. I, I I just haven't. I mean, and maybe there was a couple of, I mean, maybe there was an occasion where it might have gone over my head. I don't know. But I'm just saying to you right here, right now on this podcast, I have not gone through any of that. And you know, but besides, but you're also saying you don't know any other black people who have. That's what you're also saying. No, I didn't say that. You did. You said just us in this room. 
Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go, go. No, and with the exception of those of us in this room, mm-hmm. those of you in this room, mm-hmm. no one has ever, no one has ever really spoken to me about this issue. You know, I look. I come from a, I come from a different background. I come from a different, yeah. I was raised, I was raised a different way. I was raised in a very different household. So my experiences are much different from everyone else's. And the only thing I can really ask is that, you know, hear me out before I can, I mean, I, I, you know, just hear me out. You know, when I, when I tell people about where I come from, that's, that's all I'm asking. I hear you out. But what I'm saying is hear that black man out when he said that they called the police on him because they thought he was wearing a police outfit. I'm saying to hear him out. Okay. That was a shut up bitch. Okay. But okay. (laughs) Anyway, um, it smells quiet now. <laughs> okay, mm, this is a shaky ending, but um, any cases, okay. Do we want to go on any positive note on this particular episode? <laughs> What I wanted to end on, we were talking about earlier, we talked about Bill Cosby. So one question I wanted to pose to you mm-hmm. as far as black men, what we can do to protect black women. Mm-hmm. So on one hand, I think most of us don't know anyone that's outwardly a rapist, things like that. Or I hopefully do, we did that we would do something about it. Mm-hmm. But for just I guess a general term, what do you want to see more black men do? for Black women that you're not seeing? I'm going to flip it in two ways. I want to see Black women, Black parents, do a better job of raising their children, girls and boys. You have to make boys accountable, okay? You can't treat, you can't say boys will be boys. Boys need to know how to behave appropriately. Boys, you should not be teaching boys that it's good to lay your dick in every single hole you can find, Okay, which is prevalent in the black community. All right. Um, You should teach black boys to respect people in general and not have a hierarchy of respect for other women over black women. So I believe and a lot of that comes from how black women raise their sons, actually. So, yes, black women and black men, but a lot of it. A lot of the bad habits that black men have is because they're their moms. So um, I actually think that. Uh, black moms need to do a better job at raising sons. And a lot of times that would be, uh, be careful who you have a fucking baby with. Just because that nigga broke that back don't mean that he should be your baby daddy, okay? And make sure you have a man who can help. Wait, wait, you want to say something? Go ahead, Yeah, because that kind of, that's, that's for a whole other podcast. Okay. About the perception of birth control in the black community. Yes. That's true. Yes. But I, so I'm just saying that you need to have a better example. If you are having, again, we talked about this again. If you, if you are, Ciara, listen, I'm not knocking you, girl. Okay. But you saw Future had like five baby mamas. Why did you need to be baby number five? Why did you have to do that? You didn't need to do it. Right. So, because you're lucky now that you did marry a nice guy. So hopefully your son will have a good male example, a good male role model. But it's also hard for boys to have a good male role model if he's not there or if he's slanging his dick and has like 13 other families, right? So black women need to do better, so, so much better with raising boys. I have to say a lot of it is that. In terms of black 
men now when you're a fully formed adult and you can't keep blaming all your fucking problems on your mom okay because now again people do the best they can with the tools they have at the time now as an adult you have to figure out how to continue to raise yourself and pull yourself up um black men need to okay i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna say stop being victims okay stop men stop being victims if you want to be treated like a king you gotta wear that crown yeah a lot of black men uh were coddled by their moms. And even though there is this like stereotype of like masculine, like the ultimate masculinity is a black man, Wakanda, you know, it's a black man. And it's also, he is Mandingo. Okay. I get that. However, a lot of black men are very fragile. And a lot of black men have a victim mentality. It's like, I couldn't do this because the white man did it. I couldn't do this because of it. Like, yo, everything can't be because of some other shit. You have to be able to have grit and persevere and and push yourself forward in life. No one's going to be there for you and you're going to have to do it. So what I think, you know, it's not about protecting black women. It's about you being a man stepping up and not playing victim and owning your shit. If you can own your shit and keep it moving and try to be a better person, that's all that matters. So that's my advice. My Gwen's two cents. Brooklyn. I think you summed it up very nicely, you know. Especially as far as parenting, not only black boys but black girls. And, you know, I get it. Being a black man in this society is hard. Mm-hmm. But reality is, we still here. True that. So we can do this. Yeah. And we just need to really remember that, hey, look at everything we have gone through just to be here in 2018. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, it's a testimony to the strength of black people. I yes. say it's day in, day out. I love being black. Yep. You know, I, I don't care what people say. The, the world don't revolve without black people. I'm sorry. We got it going on here. We got it going on. But with great, however that phrase goes, with great blah, 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 goes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so yes, the burden is on us yeah. as a people to always do better and to push through and to grit our teeth. Mm-hmm. But it's worth it. Yeah. The world can't look. America would not be what it is yes. without us. They'd be twisted. Twisted. Y'all food would taste so bad. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but also, you know, because you know, I was teasing Bob and I called you a unicorn, but I have to say, you know, if that has really been your personal experience in America especially in a city, kudos to you and kudos True. to your family. True. You know, for you to actually come out with with unscathed yeah. with some of the neuroses that mm-hmm. other black men in our society have, kudos to you and your family. True. You know, that is definitely a plus. Yeah. Anybody else? All I can say is, you know, as as black people, you know, I, I, I love I love I love my skin. I love okay. Being a black man in this country, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to live anyplace else. I wouldn't want. I wouldn't have it any other way. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I can really say is that there is no such thing as 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 we are not a monolith. We are. We we all have different experiences, mm-hmm. and I think it's just a beautiful thing. And the only thing we can do is just keep living our lives day by day, and just really and just putting our head forward and just being. Just learning how to be better every day. That's all. I, that's all I really have to say on that. Okay. I think that's a very inspiring ending to close on. 
Okay, so look, this is a long ass episode. Hope y'all listen to it till the end. Um, this has been Gab with Gwen, episode eleven to be named. I'm not sure yet. I am not sure. Any suggestions? Suggestions? I'll listen to it and figure something out. I'll figure something out. Okay. So, uh, thank you to my homeboy Ismail with his government all out. Ismail Abdul Salam, thank you for having me. You can put your put your put your hashtags out there, nigga. What's your app? Oh, find uh, you where? Where can you find you? Website is beansboxingman.com if you need to boxing and to hip hop. Uh, Twitter page is Ismail underscore BBM underscore NYK. Oh, holla. And thank you to Bob, my boo. You take a lot of my abuse and my, my slick tongue, but you know that I, it's all jokes and it's all love. You, and you know Gwen is very animated. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate you speaking your truth. You know, it's not my truth. But I appreciate you speaking your truth because, like you said, there's no monolithic experience. So, you know, like I said, tell them why you're mad, son. You know, it's good. And, you know, shout out to my sister, Brooklyn, who's finally made an appearance. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we out. Bye. Bye.